Hello and welcome to the Power in the Key podcast. I'm your host, Neil Winterton, and joining me on the line this week, we've got a very special guest. Now, I couldn't get Ben Cad this week, so I thought, what's the next best thing I could get? Well, I've managed to get uh, what some people might say is a superior Cad. I'm not going to get into that sort of argument, but I've got Patrick Cad on the line. How are you, Caddy? Yeah, good, thanks, Bruno. Uh, thanks for having me on. It feels uh, a bit surreal to be um, coming back down Media Street, um, but uh, <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, answered the call and looking forward to it. Now, are you feeling any pressure? You know, your, your brother's just put in a, a very, very high-class performance on this podcast over the last <laughs> year and a half. Are you feeling any pressure to live up to that, Caddy? Uh, not really. Like, I think that Ben um, has done a magnificent job uh, to date, but um, I think he sort of just – his knowledge probably just is, is more – Ad lib sort of knowledge than real than real actual knowledge. So. <laughs> what are you saying? He doesn't put a lot of a uh, lot of homework into what he's talking about. Is that what you're suggesting? I think you, I think you, I think you'd almost probably be better off uh, talking about the 1990s NBA action rather than the <laughs> 2020s. But um, <laughs> I reckon I'll um, some of my knowledge probably just uh, pips him. I reckon. No, <laughs> well, I like the confidence you bring into the table. And, <laughs> and, and you mentioned that you you are going back down Media Street now. Of course, you you've got a storied. Uh, History, you know, as a radio presenter, was it back in uh, 2007 you won the best new radio personality for 97.9 FM? <laughs> I used to, um, <laughs> I used to, yeah, co-host a, uh, a community radio. Uh, a high um, rating, uh, Caddy. Don't, don't sell it short. It was very high rating. <laughs> it was on a Friday afternoon down there in Cranbourne <laughs> and uh, it, it, what started off is I think there were three of us that used to just get together and almost talk uh, local sports. And then um, after the other two sort of um, fizzled out, I think I got you in for a few guest appearances and <laughs> yes, ended up becoming a, um, um, a bit of a top 40 song thing. And then, <laughs> and then we ended up talking NBA and AFL the rest of the time. So I kicked the local stuff out and went with the, um, the more fancy the <laughs> proper sports. Oh, we, you were giving the fans what they wanted, Caddy. Uh, the, the audience just grew <laughs> tenfold once you uh, once you moved on to the good stuff. But you I, are... I, I did have some followings, that's for sure. Like I did have I did have some people that were um, were very uh, keen to listen every week and were keen to <laughs> give their thoughts on how we went every week. So we um, follow you yeah, around a little bit too from time to time. Yeah, there was, <laughs> there was a, a, a lady that used to um, pop up in unexpected places. Yeah, so it was. Um, oh, she's only yeah, human. Quite funny. <laughs> That's right, mate. <laughs> now, of course, nowadays you, you are the, you are the GM of the fantasy league that I participate in. Uh, it'd be fair to say you're more a David Stern operator than uh, you know than more uh, an Adam Silver operator because you do like to to rule with an iron fist, caddy. But you, you're off to a little bit of a slow start. The the figs this year, you probably had what uh, could only be deemed as an interesting draft night when you when you took a couple of. Uh, <laughs> A couple of unexpected players early. What, how have you found yourself yeah. this season so far? Well, what I made the mistake was I, I made the mistake of one having Kane Taylor draft in the same room as me. And, um, <laughs> that's, that's never a good sign. No, his face alone sort of puts me off. But he, um, <laughs> he, he, we at certain stages I um, managed to try and put a player in the queue, and I actually <laughs> actually drafted him. And uh, not uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart, Stewart the, maybe. <laughs> What, 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 pick, what pick did you take him? <laughs> I think he was my fourth pick. So, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, what's that like in the 50s or something? But, like, he, um, I was sort of, I saw his name there. I was like, oh, yeah, he's one for later, like maybe round eight or something. And then um, ac- accidentally pressed draft instead of add to Q. So, um, 
look, I'm sti- I'm sticking fat. Like Beef Stew's um, he's starting to come good. Um, he is. Since he had a go at LeBron, he's probably turned his season around. Yeah, he's actually been not too bad. He's just getting a bit of foul trouble lately. The other thing you know, I made a couple of mistakes with, like I like to draft big, so I picked up Time Lord and um, and Mitch for Rob. some reason I'm yeah for some reason I always gravitate back to Mitch Rob. I think it's more of a um, you know like if when you break up with a girlfriend you sort of get a bit jealous if they're with somebody else. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'd be able to handle Mitch Rob with anybody else. Yeah, you, so, you wouldn't like to see um, him on the on the power and the key uh, team, would you? <laughs> yeah, I'm just well. I, I, he's almost untradeable, but <laughs> I I made a, I made a lot of errors. That's for sure. Like I I didn't know that um, Zion Williams was you know going to spend his the, time at Pizza K- instead of on the court. <laughs> yeah, the new KFC ambassador. I, I, I had no idea. And then um, I, I was pretty high up on Jonathan Isaac, but then he he's just gone AWOL as well. So I, I really didn't draft well. That's for sure. But um, referring to the commissioner status, yeah, like I. I do like to sort of rule with a bit of a, an iron fist, but, you know, when you've got um, some blokes that we've got in there that like to, um, yeah, throw their own weight around, you need yes. somebody that is, is You, you wouldn't be referring to one person in particular, would you? <laughs> There's a couple of them, mate. Yeah, There's but... a couple of them, okay. <laughs> But after, I'm, I'm pretty inconsistent. I think I, I, I almost won last year um, and fell over at the last second, so, like, I'm sort of up and down. This year, I'm obviously in, in the bottom couple, so I'd like to share it around anyway. No, I'm, I'm sure you, you're, you're very good at the trade table, so I'm sure you'll, you'll work <laughs> your way back up the standings as the season goes along. Now, you are, you are of course, a huge New York Knicks supporter, the, the biggest Patrick Ewing fan I know. How many iterations of the Patrick Ewing jersey have you got? Okay, you've got quite a few. Have you even got some um, of those? Have you got an Orlando one as well? I've, yeah, I've got I've got the Orlando Magic home and away uh, kit, and I managed to even get um, he played a season with Seattle SuperSonics too, so I've got them too as well, which would be pretty oh. hard to get. And then uh, look, I, I, I went through a period where I was just buying them for no reason. Like I, I've I've got all this college stuff, and but even the home and away New York Knicks stuff, I, I would have I'd have twenty five to thirty Ewing singlets probably. Well, wow, we um, I sort of. I don't wear them too much these days because when I had my um, infatuation with buying them, I was probably about 25 k's lighter. So. In, in better condition. <laughs> You're more your Zion Williamson operator than your Jar Morant. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, why, that's why I had to um, draft Zion, I think. We've got a bit in common there, mate. So, <laughs> but the, the, the NBA days we do have, I, I struggle to fit into, the, into stuff these days. I think I... I run a Kevin Knox singlet, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Well, given you are a, a New York Knicks supporter, Caddy, we'll, we'll kick off the show by by talking about the Knicks. So they they started the season 12-14 and 14 after a, a loss to Toronto today. They're now 12th in the East. In the offseason, they sort of signed most of their core players. Uh, the, the only one they sort of lost of note was Reggie Bullock to, to the Dallas Mavericks. And they, of course, signed on Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker to beef up that backcourt and potentially help out Julius Randle, who was sort of had to shoulder a lot of burden um, on the offensive end last year, and they, they got uh, they got the season off to a pretty good start. I think they're about three and one at one stage, but obviously since then, Caddy things have sort of fallen in the hole quite a bit. We've seen Kemba Walker go from starting to right out of the rotation, and Alex Burks has taken his spot, and he'd done a pretty reasonable job up until today, where he had an absolute stinker, only scored one point and was zero from seven <laughs> from the field. So. What have you seen so far from the Knicks this season, Caddy? I mean, 
what, what were you expecting heading into the season? Did you think they'd be a better unit than they were last year with the signings they had? Or were you sort of a little bit undecided about how that backcourt would go? I probably thought that they would be par on last year. Like they, they, they probably exceeded expectations a little bit. I reckon last year, like they, Randall obviously had a really good year, and then sort of capitalised on that by signing, you know, a four-year extension. But he, he just doesn't really fit the mould just right now. Like I think he's just not playing up to the standard that he was last year. Um, whether that's the the game plan or whether that is those acquisitions that you talked about. The disappointing thing for me is I was so excited when the season started because I, I just thought with the, the added um, depth that they did get in Fournier and Kemba Walker especially, that, that that mixed with the young talent, I just thought it was a really, really good mix to to be really positive. And then the start of the year, they were playing some really good basketball and the you know the, the unit just seemed to be gelling really well together. And, and then to have it sort of fall away as quickly as it has, I just don't see much light at the end of the tunnel right now. Like, I think that unless they shake something up with a with a trade, it's, it's going to be pretty disappointing for the rest of the year. I mean, when you talk about expectation, I think um, I think they've got the 25th highest salary. So, you know, like, it's not like they're overpaying what they usually do. So that's, the good, that, that's probably the good thing. But, yeah, certainly the expectation going forward, I, I'm not that positive, no. So they obviously figured bringing Fournier and, and Walker into the fold, as I said, would take a bit of pressure off Randall. Now, they had the, the, the 23rd-ranked offense last year, which obviously isn't great. So they have improved that. They're up to the 15th-ranked 15th offense. But the, the biggest sort of disparity from last year is they'll, they'll rank third in, in the league last year for defense, and they're right down now the 23rd defensively. And, you know, that, that was part of the reason that, that we've seen Walker you know, basically be expelled from the lineup. Now, certainly his knee injuries have taken a big toll on his ability, even offensively, but it's really, really made him basically, you know, a statue on the defensive end. So bringing Burks into the fold as as that starting guard was was hopefully seen to improve on that end. But but as you said, Randall has been nowhere near the, the play he was last year. Probably not surprisingly, given that out of the blue, he shot 41% from three and he's back down to 33% you know, this year, sort of in line with where he'd been right throughout his career. So last year, we've seen it right throughout the entire league. It's not just Randall, but there's been a whole host of players that shot the ball really well last year. And now as, you know, they've sort of regressed back to where they used to be. Now, whether that's the fact that there's now uh, spectators in the arenas, which there wasn't a lot of last year, or obviously the new ball, a lot of players are, are blaming the fact that they're using, you know, the new ball. So, you know, we can only speculate as to what the reason would be. But, you know, you mentioned to me before before we started recording that you'd like to see Randall potentially be on the move. Now, now, he, and you said to me too that he had a pretty pretty manageable uh, salary to to get rid of. Well, so what what would you like to see him traded for? What 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 path would you like to see the, the Knicks go down if they were to tra- trade Randall? It's a really tough question to answer. I mean, on the surface, uh, before the season started, I was probably still in the basket to try and trade him and even maybe for like a, 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 a player of even Damian Lillard's stature. But I think we've been down that path in, in recruiting sort of players that are getting paid a lot of money that are either now starting to show injuries or even at the end of their, you know, best basketball. Yep. Um, so I think that the, the package is, is really hard to sort of pinpoint. Like I would almost... 
I think that the Knicks have really good kids. Like, I think that um, Toppin is showing some really good um, things when he actually gets a chance. Super athlete, um, isn't he? Did, did you see the dunk he threw down this week on the yeah. fast break between his legs? Who does that during the game? I mean, I'm, well, I mean, back in my teenage years, I probably would have loved it, but I've sort of <laughs> mellowed out a bit now, and I'm sort of more of a get-back-in-your-box type of guy. So I, yep. I, I didn't love the showmanship. Especially I think they were losing at that stage too. I'm pretty sure we got blown out. I'm pretty sure it's against Indiana we got blown out, but... Even even like Jericho Sims looks a likely type, and um, Quinn and Grimes I really like the look of. Um, and look, I've always been a Knox fan anyway, but he's just not getting minutes. So the way I see it is, if you could move Randall and and possibly a Fournier, and obviously Walker's not in the rotation, it sort of gives Toppen a, a path to probably thirty minutes a night. And I think unless you give him those minutes, you don't know how good he's going to be. So. The other problem, obviously, is the centre position where they've sort of got stuck into Mitch Robertson and a Norlands Noel sort of timeshare thing. But the last two days, the last two games where they've tried to start uh, Noel, he just, he's just flaked. And even as far as today, I think he only played 13 minutes or something. So to try and pair someone to, to trade with Randall, I think, is also the issue. I think that there's not a lot there that teams might want. I think we've got some good draft um, picks that we could probably package up. But from my understanding, they've obviously gone down that path before. They're, they're pretty keen to keep it all. So um, I, I, to find somebody to be a good trading partner, I think is probably pretty difficult. Like, um, But I, I would like to see it happen, but I don't know what the answer is. Like, I, I, I'd like to throw the kitchen stick at Zion as well. You know? Yeah. You know, that's that's obviously rumours about him, you know, wanting to play at Madison Square Garden. So what, yeah. how yeah. you could sort of formulate, formulate that trade remains to be seen. So would you... So would you prefer that they sort of continued on? I'll give you three options. Continued on, on on the path at the moment and just see where it led, keep going the way they were. Two, try to trade Randall. Or three, just sort of sort of put, you know, Fournier. They've, put, they've already put Walker to the bench. You know, is there much point now sort of playing some of the, like a Derek Rose and, and hand over more minutes to Quigley, Toppen, Knox, you mentioned Sims and these sort of guys. Would you prefer they maybe went down that path for the rest of the season? And then maybe got a decent draft pick out of it. I, I sort of thought going into the year that we we'd finish top three in the East. Like once we started playing really well at the start, I thought, "Yep, this is the team. We're going to go. We're going to be really well." From what I read and from what you hear, they love each other. They're a really good unit, and you can just tell even with Kemba Walker. And I, I've got so much respect for Kemba Walker doing what he's doing. He's like, handled it really well. He's hasn't been. He? Uh, he's been told that you're not you're not getting the game, but he's still he, he's he's the Paddy Mills of the Portland days. Like he's sitting there. Waving the towel, like yep. he's um, the, the Knicks went on a pretty good run today against Toronto. He was the first one off the bench, like to to congratulate all the team for doing well. So, you know, having that leadership there on the bench, as long as like the guys say, if that was to be the path that Randall had his minutes cut, like is he the type of person that's just going to do that type of thing as well? Uh, or is he gonna be I, a, I'll, a, I'll a go on record and say, yeah, there's no way Julius <laughs> Randall would be waving the towel. No way. So, so that's the thing. So, you, so you don't want to just then say, okay, your minutes are cut. Go and sit on the bench. I think that wouldn't even help someone like Toppin, you know. So, yeah. I think that I, I, I certainly don't want the them to just keep playing the way they are and seeing how things. It won't turn around. Like they're, they're not going to use the same players and then end up becoming, as I said, the number four seed in the East. It just won't happen. I, 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 and then I said that it's probably going to be hard to get something trade worthy done that's going to shake the roster up as well. But what I would like to see certainly is to see some of these kids that we've got that we use some high draft picks on to just see if they're any good because you don't because you just don't know just yet. But Thibodeau obviously has a really bad reputation of playing kids, so I, I don't see that happening either. So yeah, it's um 
I, my preferred preference is to play the kids. I just don't see it happening. No, well, you know, as you said, Thibodeau definitely has a, a, a long history of, of, you know, he even did it with Jimmy Butler back in the Chicago Bulls days. And yeah. We obviously know yeah. how good Butler's turned out to be. So, yeah, unfortunately. And, and until they do it, you don't know, do you? You know, no. until Jimmy Butler got those minutes, you just don't yep. know. So, you know, I, I'll harp on about Knox. Like, he came onto the scene in Summer League. Yes, it's Summer League, but I think he won the MVP or whatever it was. Like, he, like yeah, the did. kid can play. Yeah. Like, so, unless you're going to give him the minutes, and they did the same with, um, like Frank Milikina and stuff, like he never really got the uh, the right minutes to prove what he could do either. Yeah. So you sort of, uh, if you don't play him, you just don't know. Like, what's the point in playing Fournier twenty eight minutes a game, which is what he's playing now, when you know what he can give you? And yeah. if he's if you're not if you're not winning games, give those twenty eight minutes to Knox and give and give ten minutes to Fournier. That, that's how I would go about it. Yeah. Well, I mean. It- Fournier sort of he started the year okay, didn't he? And then basically since those first, he was really few good. Games, yeah. yeah, since those first yeah. few games, he's really struggled. So whether there's the sort other of, answer, I'm oh, sorry to cut. Well, no, the other, no. other thing I'll say is that the the what I wanted to bring up was obviously the second unit. Their plus minus is amazing. Like even yeah. e- even today, I think that the Knicks were down um, almost 25 points in the first quarter, and then oh, when the second unit came on, we got back within four or five points. So is the answer, do you start Rose? Do you start quickly? Do you start Toppin and see how it goes and then swap it that way? But then, you know. What have you got to lose by at least trying it? I mean, it's clearly not working, as you said. I think their starting lineup had the worst plus minus in the whole NBA and they'd played the most minutes together. So, I mean, what what have you got to, to lose? You might as well try it. Yeah, and then especially after today's game, like their plus minus would have just gone through like rock bottom because they, they absolutely got um, paint. Like... The, the the moves they've made is like making Noel the starter over Robertson. Why is that? Why is that a better move? They're the same player. Like it, yeah. it, the the Kemba Walker move, you can sort of understand, but it needs to be a Fournier coming off the bench, um, and that maybe a Randall coming off the bench. Barrett is the other one that we probably haven't spoke about. But yeah, he's played out, hasn't he? He hasn't sort of got, gone forward nah, from that promise he showed last year. He, his efficiency is obviously terrible, but that you just he's obviously going to give. Give the time to Barrett, which which is good because that's one kid he's given time to. But you know he hasn't shown what other draft picks around that um, time and, and around that selection are showing and and have done over time. He just he just hasn't hasn't lived up to that early selection as yet. No, he certainly hasn't. So so when you look at the East this year, like it's just so much more competitive than you know what we're used to. The, the, the conferences have almost flipped on their head, haven't they? When you look at the look at the West and the East, and you know. They're in the twelfth position at the moment, as I said. Above them, they've got Toronto, Boston, Atlanta, Charlotte, Philly, Cleveland, Washington, Miami. Like, where do you potentially see the Knicks finishing? Can they jump above any of those teams? For me, when I'm looking at that, the only one I'd say that they could potentially jump above is Toronto. I mean, and then they're on the outside looking in for that, even for that playing tournament. How are you feeling at the moment? Are they? Do you think they're going to be any shot of making the playoffs? I think it's I think it's a tough one because if you look at the um, the standings, like obviously the, the Nets didn't have the best start, but then all of a sudden now they're on the top. Um, the Bulls started off really well. The Bucks were mediocre, but now they're getting going. The Heat are always thereabouts, aren't they? Like they don't have to play Butler and um, yeah. Bam every game to still be ticking over. I think the surprise packets certainly have been the Wizards and the Cavaliers to be sitting fifth yeah. and sixth at this point. Nobody would have expected that. So – You've even got the Hornets in the eighth spot. So you've you've got the Hawks, the Celtics, and even the Pacers that are that are out of 
the playoff race right now. Do I see the Knicks being able to beat even those three teams to then jump ahead of Cavs, Hornets, Wizards? Not a chance. I, I just can't see that happening. Yeah, so yeah, it, it would be it'd be a disappointing season, really. Like you, you said, where would you say they ranked for salary? 25th. 25th. So, I mean, yeah. so, as you said, I yeah. mean, they're not they're not sort of paying, you know, a, a huge amount of money, obviously, when you're ranked d- down that low. But, I mean, given given the, w- the way last season went, they finished fourth. They had the home the home court advantage in that first round. Uh, obviously, Atlanta sort of took care of them pretty easily. But everyone was full of optimism. They they, they signed the two, you know, Fournier and Walker. And, and we, we all sort of thought that they'd certainly be a playoff team at the least, didn't we? So it would certainly be disappointing if, the, if they missed out on a playoff spot, no doubt about it. <laughs> It'd be hugely disappointing. I, I, I was thinking about it the other day, though, because I, I then um, Wikipedia the list of the Knicks coaches, like since you know the not like the nineteen nineties, but really ever since the eighties, a coach hasn't really lasted in New York longer than three or four years. Any anyone, even Van Gundy, was only there for four or five years. So yeah, they, they, and I think they've had ten coaches uh, in the last probably seven or eight years or something. So I, I, I probably think that um, Fibs probably like. It's too early just to say go and sack him, but I just don't think he's the type of coach for this type of team. Like I think that they had the they had the players maybe to make that work, but he's just not getting the defensive stops that he should be getting. Like when you've got people like Mitch Robertson, Noel, and these guys that are there to do that 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 thing, they they can't pick up all the slack that's left behind from Randall and these guys that don't play a lot of defense. You know, so yeah, well, I, he's, I, I don't yeah. think the change in the coach is the answer. Yeah, well, he's known as a defensive coach, and clearly, like last year, they were ranked what I'd say third, and now this year, you know, they're they're all all the way down at twenty third. So yeah, he's known as a defensive coach, but he's not getting the result on that that end of the floor. So as you said, you know, the, James Dolan's known as one of the worst owners in the NBA, and clearly doesn't have a lot <laughs> yeah. of patience. So who knows, you know, what's going to happen if if they do finish the year disappointingly, they miss out on a playoff spot. You know, nobody would be shocked if if Thibodeau was was shown the door. So, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a tough one because Rose Rose is obviously been pretty serviceable as well, and and he he does lead that second unit, and he actually is part of the reason why they are successful. But again, he's not your long term answer either, is he? So no, like, not you know, it, it's sort of you can't be reliant on somebody like Rose that is playing his role really really well. But it's it's if he's doing that and he's almost saving the team every game, then you've got problems, I reckon. Oh no doubt. So maybe. Maybe they come to a decision before the trade deadline, Caddy, and decide that maybe they will blow it up. They they trade Rose. They try and trade Randall. Yeah, you can obviously get something for Derek Rose because he's been a very good contributor off the bench, for, you know, for New York. So no doubt, some of those contending teams would be looking at at Rose and would be you'd probably get a first rounder for him. So it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few weeks and which sort of path the the New York Knicks do go down for the, the remainder of the season. Now, Caddy, we've seen another a couple of other teams that could potentially blow it up uh, in the Indiana Pacers and, and there's the Portland Trailblazers as well have certainly had a lot of innuendo about uh, both of the, those teams potentially blowing it up. So as I mentioned earlier, Caddy, you like to get on the trade table uh, at Fantasy, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to send you to your favourite spot, the, the trade table, and I jumped on the... Uh, ESPN trade machine yesterday, and my God, can you spend some hours on that thing? It's uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's it's quite addictive. So I'm going to throw some trades at your caddy involving players from Indiana and Portland, and, and just tell me what you think of these trades and whether you think they could potentially go ahead. Now, as I said, Indiana have been 
have basically said that everybody's on the table. So for me, Charlotte, Charlotte Hornets are clearly a team that needs an upgrade at the centre position. Uh, I spoke about this last year as a trade deadline was approaching and I tried to manufacture a trade to get Nikola Vucevic to the, the Hornets and he obviously ended up at the Bulls. So I'm going to manufacture one here to try and get Sabonis to the Charlotte Hornets. Now, in this trade, Charlotte would acquire Sabonis and Karis Levert. So obviously two very good players. Um, and the reason I'm thinking Indiana might do that is because maybe they're looking to blow it up now. They would receive in return Gordon Haywood, uh, James Booknight, who was a first-round pick this year, Kai Jones, who was also a first-round pick this year, and two first-rounders. So clearly Sabonis is the best player in this deal going, but Haywood's probably not too far behind him. So when I'm looking at this, I'm thinking maybe for Sabonis you're getting Haywood and a couple of first-rounders, and for Levert you're getting... Booknight and Kai Jones, who were, who were two first-rounders this year. Do you, do you reckon that's fair for, for either team? If, for Charlotte, you know, they could then run out a, a starting lineup of LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges, Karis Levert, and Sabonis, which is very strong, and then they could also bring Oubre. Plumley would then go to the bench as a, as a backup centre, and they've also still got PJ Washington and Cody Martin. So I think it would be a very good trade for Charlotte. It would just be a matter of whether... Indiana would, would look to hit the reset button that much. What what do you think about that trade yeah. there, Caddy? I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think if if um, Indiana would um, offer that up to Charlotte, I think they accept the deal before Indiana have a chance to back out. I think that the if they can get two season players like that with, with only losing someone like Hayward who's on a pretty decent sized contract, which would probably make that salary work in, in, in that in that instance as well. It worked. It, it keeping, worked, Caddy. It worked on the trade machine, so it must work. Yeah. <laughs> and and so in that instance, I think then you're almost to saying that um, Sabonis probably comes over and plays like a, almost a true centre position, yep. which, he, which he sort of isn't doing in Indiana. Maybe that might unleash him even more so. So I think that um, that's a really good starting point there. I, 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 I'd suspect that the, the two um, – Kids that you mentioned was Kai Jones and um, who was our uh, book night. Book night, yeah. But, yeah, with, with, without obviously again having seen too much of them, they then would have a chance obviously to be very good in, in with Indiana. But until they start doing that, you don't know if that's something that they would be interested in doing. But yeah, um, I think it's a really good starting starting point, and I think that all players concerned, I think that somebody like um, Oubre Jr. probably loses a bit of uh, fantasy value with that move because I think Levert probably takes I, I wouldn't enjoy that. He's been game. outstanding for me the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah. So he probably loses a bit of minutes in that situation. And, I mean, PJ Washington last year was probably playing 30 minutes a game and he's starting to creep up to 25 yeah. minutes now. But Basically playing a backup Plumlee. five for him at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, and that's probably due to Plumley um, being injured as well. But Plumley was only sort of playing the 25 minutes when he was um, not injured. But... I, I think that yeah, that deal certainly would help um, Charlotte 100%. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd I'd be a big fan of that move for Charlotte. As I said, it'd just be a question of whether Indiana were willing to sort of not, not sort of punt the bonus, and they might even look to move on move on Haywood as well and try and get something for him, maybe some some young talent as well. But so does that does that deal then go into leaving Miles Turner at Indiana, or is that a separate sort of deal that? Turner go somewhere somewhere else and they, yeah. they blow it up completely. Like well, I've got a Turner trade for you. Don't worry. I've I've got Miles on the move as well. <laughs> they're, they're not going to sit on their hands with Miles. The, 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 the other one that um that they could potentially look at is, is this is Charlotte because I, I as I said I still believe that they they do need a center. Is Portland the other team we're talking about potentially 
getting getting some uh, moving some players on. Now, Yusuf Nurkic is in the last year of his contract. I think he's on about twelve million a year. So it would work if yeah, they very, sent very friendly deal. It is a very team friendly deal. So if if they gave up Plumley and whether it was a first rounder or an early second rounder, do you reckon maybe that could be a good avenue for them to go 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 down? They don't have to give up quite as much. They keep Haywood and they just sort of upgrade that that centre spot without giving up. They obviously give up Plumley, but and, and just a first round pick. Do you reckon that's something that Portland could potentially be interested in? They possibly could, but I guess it doesn't really save them sort of money or anything in the long run. So, and probably, sorry, it probably saves them money by them not having to re up Nurkic, obviously. But yeah, um, like and, and then having him obviously out of contract. So, the thing about Nurkic though is he's actually played, I think, every game this year. So, like, he's usually the one yeah, that it's unusual that, that that misses. So it's it's obviously a contract year that he's started to decide to be healthy. But he's he's probably somebody that. If Portland are going to be sort of making some moves, I think you're looking at sort of yeah, Nurkic, Covington, these guys that will be moved anyway. Um, but if you're Portland, do you sort of bring in Plumlee as a replacement? But if it's getting a pick or something back, at least it's maybe setting up their future as well. So yeah, I think that again, if you, I think again, if you're Charlotte, you're doing that deal. But I think if you're Portland, you're probably not too sure. I think you might probably find something better out there. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, as I said, I'm I'm trying to manufacture a way to get Charlotte that that centre that they need. Now I mentioned Miles Turner. Um, the, the one team that I think could be interested in getting Miles Turner is is the Milwaukee Bucks. Now they're obviously the the defending Great champion. Bit. Unfortunately for them, Brook Lopez is out with a back injury, so he could. Who knows if he's going to get back in time for the playoffs? Zach Lowe did report when the injury was announced that. There was optimism within the uh, Brook Lopez camp that he would get back in time for the playoffs. But if they could, they could trade uh, Turner for for Lopez. He's obviously injured. Dante Divincenzo, who certainly certainly has a little bit of trade value. He's out injured at the moment, but I think he's due back soon and maybe a, a future first pick. Now Milwaukee are out quite a few picks uh, because of that Drew Holiday trade that they did make. So. Their first available is not till twenty twenty nine. Now I don't even know if they're actually allowed to wow. do. Yeah, I don't even know if they're yeah. actually allowed to do that. But could you see a potential way that um, maybe Indiana decide to keep Sabonis? They make him the starting five because it just doesn't look like Sabonis and Turner are the answer. They've played together for a number of years now, and and for for whatever reason they're not getting the best out of those two. So maybe they move on from a Turner. They bring in a Lopez who. You know, probably won't play this year. They get a Divincenzo, who's a who's a nice player and a future sort of decent draft pick. Do you reckon that's something that they might be interested in? Certainly, a good good fit for Milwaukee, I think, to get a, a Miles Turner. I think it's an amazing fit because I think Turner is probably a younger version of Brook Lopez in a sense, isn't he? Like he's a shot blocker, yep. um, can, can can shoot the three pretty well. I think that that again for Milwaukee is is an amazing fit um, and. If, if they could, I'm sure Turner would like to play for um, a team that's got so many stars around him. Um, again, I, whether it's the the stuff coming back to Indiana is enough to um, make the deal sort of, you know, mouth-watering for Indiana to pull the plug, it's probably, you just don't really know, do you? But What value do you like, reckon a Turner has? Like, he, he's hard... He's a hard player really to judge, hard, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, because he sort yeah. of, he plays well from time to time, but yeah, he made some noise during the week about he wasn't really happy with the role that, that he's been sort of been getting uh, at at, uh, at Indiana. He said he's sort of seen as a bit of a role player. But you look at him for his career, he's averaging 12.7 points a game, 6.7 rebounds, 
shooting 48, 35, 76 splits. So, I mean, they're, they're not eye-popping numbers. Like, he's, he's obviously a very good defender. He's, he's led the league in blocks twice before this year. He's leading the league in the blocks at the moment. So he's just a bit of a, a tough player to get a handle on and, and how much value he actually has for teams if, if they're going to be willing to give up multiple first-round picks. I'm not too sure. What what do you think about that? He's a little, he's a little bit like what I was saying about Randall where it's hard to sort of get a gauge on, on what he's worth just because his he's, he's, he's best is, is up there with, you know, as you said, the best defenders and, and some of the games stat-wise he puts up are really impressive. But then he can go missing. And then obviously, then, um, as you alluded to, there is something that doesn't mesh between him and Sabonis or him and some of the other teammates. But there's obviously some disgruntle um, there with him, um, with what he came out with and said this week. But, I mean, the kid's playing 29 minutes a night, so it's not like he's um, just been Kemba Walker either. So he – he the, the good thing about him is he's relatively young, isn't he? So um, Surprisingly he, so, he yeah. Yeah, like he, I think he's twenty five off the top of my head. Yeah, but it he, seems like he's been around forever, but yeah, he's not. He's not as old as what you'd think. Yeah, he's yeah, he's twenty five. Maybe because of the way, maybe because of the way he runs. Like he, he runs like he's done three knees. Like I think he had a, <laughs> he had a few injury yeah. concerns earlier earlier on in the piece, but he seems to be relatively healthy. But I, I think the value again is it's just as I, I don't know what he thinks if he's a role player. They're like. Does he think he can become Anthony Davis or something? He can have the ball in his hands a lot more. Like I don't know. Everybody if, thinks they're if, actually better than they are, Caddy. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't I'm know. Not, I'm not referring to you, by the way. <laughs> Maybe that's more performance so far. But <laughs> I, 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 I can't see him being the MB type, who's a big man that can, um, you know, put up forty points, thirty-five, you know, a night. So I don't really know if, if that's what he's trying to say, or, or I can be the man of a team. Like the, himself, yeah. I, I don't really know where I don't really know where that fits. Like he's better off going to OKC, where they where they don't really have many other players, you know. Yeah. So like I don't know if if he's thinking he's going to be the man. I can't see where that where that happens because most teams are sort of filled out with, with most of their positions, aren't they? So yeah, um, yeah, not to, many to, teams to build around a center, do they? You have to be an absolute star, like a Yoki, an absolute a, star, or an yeah. Embiid for for a team to even consider building around a center. And the thing about him as well, I suppose he's got a bit of the luxury with Sabonis being such a good rebounder. Like, he does jack up a lot of threes, doesn't he? So, you know, um, Lopez has that ability too, but they've got Giannis in there wiping the glass if if, if they need to. So having Turner, say if he was to be like a an Embiid or, you know, even a Nurkic that's that is that one centre, I don't think he can stand at the three-point arc jack, jacking up threes if, no. you, if, you, if you're going to be the big man, you know. So I think he just plays an awkward um, position for a centre, and I think that finding a team that would – that would really go out there and, you know, really want to trade for him. I just don't see it probably happening. Like, I think he's more of a going to be the extra part or, like, you know, if they deal with Levert to somewhere, you know, and, and, they, yeah. and they were to get back somebody worth getting back, you know. He's a bit of a niche fit, isn't he? The, 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 the team that has popped up, and I think I spoke about this with your brother last week, is the Golden State Warriors. Now, could you see him basically come, coming in and playing the Kevan Looney role? And we know that Draymond's probably going to be the, the closing Five, but maybe he comes in and plays that role. He gets sort of twenty-five to thirty minutes. He probably wouldn't be happy with that role, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that'd be the issue. But he'd be very good in that role. I think he's another perfect fit in the sense that if you with Golden State, he can sit there and jack up threes because yeah, Draymond can be the rebounder, or you know, someone else can 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 do that do that work. But as exactly what you said, well, once Clay comes back, how many touches do you think he's going to get? Yeah, it's not, not too many. It's yeah. Not going to. It's, it's not going to happen. So like he. If, is that somewhere he wants to go? Probably not. <laughs> but as a 
uh, as a, a a destination for him, yeah, it'd be amazing. So in that sense, I'm, I'm assuming they'd have to give up a Wiggins or something to get that done. So, um, you know, and, and maybe something else because whether Wiggins has that trade value and then yeah, does Wiggins no. fit in with what Indiana are, are doing? Probably not because he's probably not really an upgrade on Lavert, is he? So No, um, no, I, I, I reckon despite the fact that Wiggins isn't on a, on a great contract, I think he's a really important part of what – Golden State well, doing do, this yeah. year. Yeah, defensively he's been great. He's you know he's shooting the ball pretty well. So I think they'd be pretty reluctant to to depart with uh with Wiggins. So but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with you know with Indiana and Portland and, and whether they move too many of these guys on. What one team, Caddy, I do think needs a bit of a shot in the arm. They've they've got off to a pretty slow start this year under their new coach Jason Kidd, which I which I've been banging on about since they announced him as coach. It is the Dallas Mavericks now. <laughs> Now, Porzingis for me, and, and you being a former Nick fan, obviously know Porzingis very well. He's just he's just sort of not living up to what they hoped when they signed they signed him. Obviously, they traded for him and then signed him to that extension. So, what about he's a pussy, man? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. He, he's there was a play this week. I was watching Dallas play, and and uh, uh, Doncic dropped it off to him, and he had the chance to dunk it and, and get fouled. He didn't. He got he tried to lay it and got fouled. Missed the the layup, and then I only got the two points. So it, it was very frustrating, and I'm sure you've seen a number of those instances in his days as a Nick. But what about what about Dallas looking to move on for Porzingis and, and trading to, I said, Charlotte are looking for a centre. What about a direct swap with Gordon Hayward? I think that if I think that if Porzingis wants to get traded again, I think he ends up almost just becoming a journeyman because there's obviously something wrong with him if, if, if he gets traded from a situation where you've got, you know, paired with Donkey, and there's obviously rumours that they – don't get along that well, but uh, yeah, I think that if, in for Dallas, like I, I don't know, they a, a Turner swap might be good there too. You know, like they yep. like he, he, if Pazingas is playing the centre position, you know, swapping minutes with um, Powell and Corley Stein play some minutes there, so that could even be a, a, a good idea to get um, Turner involved there. But Haywood Haywood would also be um, a good addition for. Um, Dallas, and I think he's probably an upgrade on someone like Hardaway Jr. for sure. But w- whether or not that, that that's a good learning spot for Pazingas, I don't really see any spot being a good learning spot for Pazingas. Like, I think that, it, I mean, if, if he can't flourish there, because I think he's got really good opportunity with what's around him there, I, I don't know what else he, he needs to be become, you know, the talent that he is. Like, he, he obviously shows so many things that, at times, and especially when he played for the Knicks, is, is obviously when in vogue, like he almost probably brought um, the seven footer jacking up threes in vogue because once he started doing got it, got the name Unicorn for a reason, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone like this is about six or seven years ago when he started. When he came to the league, everyone was so enamored with this guy, you know, shooting shooting three pointers. And then you know, Lopez started doing it, and these other guys. But I think that for him to flourish somewhere else would just be really hard. So, I mean, the thing about Dallas, if you look over their list, they've but they might as well call them the Dallas Knicks, mate. They've got they got <laughs> Timmy Hardaway Jr. who had two stops there. We just uh, had Reggie Bullock on our list last year, who's now there. Trey Burke um, went over in the trade originally that got Pizingas there, and um, they've also got Frank Nilakina on their smokes, list too. Yeah. So I think that's. Sorry, I think they've got a. They could they could all almost run a five um, that are all ex Knicks, and they they didn't work out at New York. So whether Dallas are just that arrogant and they're just trying to say, well, you know. 
we think that we can run your guys better than what you can. Um, but I reckon that's probably half the problem, mate. That they, yeah. they probably should have recruited. They probably should have recruited from a different team. Yeah, you wouldn't think uh, identifying New York's talent over the most recent <laughs> years would be would be the best strategy going forward. So yeah, that's I, I, know, I actually never realised they had so many ex Knicks on their roster. So that that's very interesting. Well, what about other trades for for Dallas? As I said, I think they really need a shot in the arm. So. Uh, Portland, as I said, could potentially be looking to move some of their guys on. Now, they got Larry Nance Jr. in the offseason. He just hasn't quite worked out for them. Whether Chauncey Billups is sort of utilising him uh, to the best of his ability is, is a debate that can certainly be had. But what about Dallas giving up, you know, Collie Stein? Uh, he's got one year left on his contract. And, and, and the carrot for this trade would be Josh Green. So, obviously, you know, we've seen Josh Green. He's the Australian. He was a first-round draft pick. Played very limited minutes for the Boomers uh, in their Olympic campaign recently, but he's still certainly got some upside. He's a really good athlete. If Portland are maybe looking to go a little bit younger, as I said, Nance Jr. hasn't really worked out. Could you see potentially you know, Nance coming in and, and playing either that backup five or even a starting four role for Dallas and being effective? Is, is that a trade that you think could potentially work for both teams? I really, really like that trade. I, I, I would... If for both teams, I'm accepting that one. The, 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 as I'm looking over Dallas's list, what I can't seem to figure out is why they have. they got Bob, Boban obviously plays a centre spot. They recruited yeah. Moses Brown as well, so that's another one. they got Willie Cauley-Stein. So they, that's three Dwight Powell, tall, yeah. <laughs> tall centres that all do the same thing that aren't really getting minutes. So that's just chewing up bench space really, isn't it? So. Yep. If you were to get rid of one of them and had to attach someone like Josh Green with it, I, I think that's a great move because straight away Nance Jr. would take any minutes that was available to him. And then it almost becomes when um, Pazingas inevitably misses time like he always does that usually Kleber's the one that um, gets some of those minutes that, that, that are left there that maybe Nance probably picks up that role as well. I think that that would work favourably for both teams for sure. I reckon that's a really good deal. Yeah, well, it would it would allow them. They'd probably start Nance and they'd run out maybe Doncic, Finney-Smith, Bullock, Nance and Porzingis when he's healthy, as you said. I think that's a pretty good starting five. So, yeah, I, I, I think that would work pretty well for both the teams if if Portland were willing to to sort of blow it up a little bit. The one player I was trying to get to to Dallas, but I couldn't I couldn't get the trade machine to work with me, Caddy. I don't know what the <laughs> don't know what the problem was. I was trying to get Thad Young there, but we'll talk about Thad oh, Young good. in a minute because he's obviously not getting two minutes at all, uh, too many minutes at all with the San San Antonio Spurs. Um, he recently sucked up as well. Uh, he did. Or the day before, he so. did. Rightfully so. I mean, he, there was a couple of weeks ago he was. I think it was when they had a couple of Yakin Podal, I think was out um, with an injury or maybe in the health and safety protocols. And Thad Young was getting minutes and was being really productive. So, and as soon as Podal come back, he just vanished out of the lineup. So clearly he doesn't fit the timeline that the Spurs are going down. So he, he certainly needs to be moved on, which we'll, we'll try and find a good landing spot for him. But another team, and I spoke about this last week with your brother as well, that we identified probably needed a bit of uh, boosting in a certain area was surprisingly the Phoenix Suns, who were obviously off to a, a stellar start to the year. But we both agreed that we thought they needed some heart, some help in the guard department. So at the moment, obviously, Devin Booker's out with an injury and, and Landry Shamit starting and they're, they're relying on Cameron Payne quite a bit. So, you know, if Chris Paul and Devin Booker are out injured, they certainly look a bit thin in that department. So Houston Rockets, who surprisingly had been on a, on a, 
on a long winning streak. A until tear. Was, yeah, yeah. Tear. they lost yesterday, I think, didn't they? To um, or did yeah, they win to again? Milwaukee. Yeah, they lost to Milwaukee. That, or they had yeah. they're actually in front, I think, as well for for a lot of that game. <laughs> so they're obviously in a in a bit of a rebuilding phase, despite the fact that they were on a on about a seven or eight game winning streak. So what about an Eric Gordon finding his way to Phoenix? Now he's got two years left, and uh, plus a one non guaranteed year left on his contract. So effectively two years left on his contract. Houston get Dario Saric. He's out for the rest of the rest of the year. But the, but the big piece, and this guy has clearly been a bit, bit of a disappointment given that Phoenix gave up. I think it was pick 10 last year in the draft. Jalen Smith, who's a who a power forward sort of center guy, um, and they get Chandler Hutchinson as well just to make the, uh, the salaries match. And ma- maybe Phoenix are throwing a pick or something if required as well. So Phoenix get that guard help that they're looking for. Houston get a, a, a potentially intriguing piece in a in a in a guy who was a tenth pick in the draft last year, and then maybe they get a pick thrown in as well. What do you what do you reckon about that scenario? I think you've hit uh, two in a row there. Like I, I'm doing that deal too. I think that someone like Eric Gordon, who's obviously a bit of a veteran these days, would be perfect for that list because obviously they're right in the championship window um, and being stuck in Houston at the minute, he's obviously playing a a, a, a pretty good role there. Like I'm surprised that if they're going down the path of not playing Wall, that they're still giving Gordon minutes. To be honest, but he um, would be perfect in that role because he he can actually play a bit of point guard if needed as well. But he's sort of a obviously a lesser version of of Devin Booker. So if if Booker was to miss time or something, he could easily step into that role where he's um, pretty efficient scorer um, as well as a bit of a facilitator as well. So. I think that I'm not too worried about what's going back to Houston in, in that deal because I think that they would sort of take almost whatever they could get in that scenario. And they don't they don't need a big name player or someone back to somebody like Eric Gordon. I don't think he's the type of player that is hard to deal. Like we we're talking about Randall and Turner earlier, I think I think they're harder to deal because they they might be on a bit more of a pedestal or their salaries or whatever. I think that Gordon is is a really good fit there. The, the only thing I've just sort of thought about and just throwing something to you pretty quickly is Phoenix actually have the 20th um, ranked salary. So but for how low they pay, they're actually doing really well in in terms of their win or loss. Like, I guess that's down to obviously Aiton's probably still on the his rookie deal and they yeah, also got his big contract coming up, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, so he, he, they have to pay him at some stage. Um, and then Bridges' contract actually kicks in next year as well. So he, he gets put up to $20 million next year. But if the money could work somehow, is, is somebody like John Wall a good backup option there? Yeah, well, it's it, he's just so he would be he'd be a great back option there, but backup option there. Sorry, but he's he's, he's earning about forty odd mil this year. It's, it's a lot yeah, of money. Yeah, it's just so hard to get that the salaries to match. And this is something that um, I think Bill Simmons has brought this up in the past that there needs to be something. That, that, that happens. So, so these guys with these huge albatross contracts on maybe their last year or two can be dealt and, you know, in Phoenix, for instance, don't have to wear the full 40-whatever-million it is on the salary cap because otherwise, you know, Wall's just going to sit there like a star bottle of piss and not play because the poor guy's just got, you know, a big contract and, and, and nobody can really trade for that and, and sort of remain competitive. So, yeah, ideally, if he gets bought out, which, you know, we don't know whether that's going to happen, he's still got next year's contract as well. So yeah, it's a lot of money to, to, to pay up. Yeah. I mean, if, if he was at OKC, they would have paid him out because they did the yep. same to Kemba Walker. No, almost. exactly. The, the, he, yes, it's, it's it's a real tough one. Like, I mean, someone like Wall that's just, yeah, as you said, just sort of just sitting on the bench, um, he's obviously wanting to play. Like, 
they're obviously not playing him because they don't want him to get injured and then, you know, ruin his, his trade value or something. But as you said, his trade value is nothing anyway because it's it's too hard to deal. So yeah. unless he unless someone like OKC, um, we're, we're going to pick up his contract, it, it, it almost becomes really hard to deal. But, you know, if, if Wall was, like, really, really fit and Phoenix were, you know, 100% going for it, they, they could be willing to sort of deal someone that had a bit of salary behind them to make the mass work and then obviously pay the luxury tax, but I don't think the ownership are too keen to do something like that anyway. But No, um, unfortunately not. But, yeah, he'd, he'd be a great fit for them. So, yeah, Phoenix are the one team that I think um, when you're in a championship window, they obviously got so close last year. Chris Paul continues to defy age, amazingly so. Uh, he's still playing. He's amazing. Yeah, still playing fantastic basketball. But you, you want to – obviously capitalise while Paul's still playing great basketball because he could sort of fall off a cliff, you know, maybe next year going forward. So I think they need to do something, whether they can trade for for a player like an Eric Gordon or whether they just wait to see how the buyout market sort of shakes out. But, you know, very rarely do, do you know, we all get up, get up in arms about the, the players that get signed in the buyout markets, you know, the Blake Griffins and guys like this, and very rarely do they actually have a huge impact. So it'll be interesting to see what Phoenix do over the next few weeks uh, to, to see if they do try and improve that, that that guard position. There's a couple of other guys, Caddy, that I'll throw at you. Now, I haven't sort of come up with any trades, but these are guys that are on teams that are that are not going to play playoffs and, and they're just sort of almost wasting their time at the moment. So Kelly Olenek, Terence Ross and the Thad Young, who we mentioned earlier, which one out of those three do you think could potentially be valuable to to one of these contending teams? I certainly think it's probably Thad Young if I had to choose out of those. Again, I think Kelly Olympic just signed a three-year deal with um, Detroit. So to to have them sort of buy him out straight away or even to try and trade for that is, is pretty hard. So I think... He's on an okay um, deal. He's on twelve, then twelve point eight, and then his last year of twelve million is not fully guaranteed. So it's not yeah, it's a huge contract. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that, that, so it's probably doable. But then I think that and someone like him probably is going to give you more than what Tad Young probably would in terms of production. I'd, I'd assume because everywhere he seems to go, he's before he got injured this year, he was taking my man Beef Stew's um, minutes and, and and input anyway. But yeah, I think that. Thad Young has a good reputation, and as over time, and has has proven runs on the board. Like you know, even when we were at Chicago, he's playing some good basketball. Um, I, I think that a bit confusing that why it's not working out in San Antonio because they obviously aren't doing very well, and they obviously have a few young guys in some of those positions as well. So maybe they're just trying to play the kids. I don't know, but yeah, I, I, th- I think, think that's a problem. Place, but, yeah, I think that's yeah. a problem. They're they're, they're they're doing what you wish Thibodeau would do for the Knicks. They're just playing yeah. the young guys. Yeah. And, and, and as soon as I as soon as I said it, then I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll back for San Antonio now because that's that's, <laughs> that's that's probably what I want the Knicks to be doing, and we're not doing it. But the other one you mentioned was Terrence Ross, and I think that he would be beneficial to a, to a contender for sure. And I think that you know you mentioned even the Golden State Warriors before. Like I think that someone like him could still come off the bench and give him that scoring punch that they obviously never ever lack. But he could he he could even add to that. Um, and be really, really good there. Um, I also think that he, he he could be really good even at the Brooklyn Nets because obviously they're missing Kyrie probably for the whole year. But as soon as you know Mills is, is on the pine, they don't have a lot of sort of shooting to come off. Especially if Joe Harris is sort of I think he was injured. I think he's back playing now. But you know they need to be able to keep the scoring up when Harden and and these guys sit. So 
I think that I think that Ross and Thad Young are the two probably that I would I think more realistic finding homes. I think Olenek probably will will stay at Detroit, but based on they sort of signed him for, for that reason, didn't they? You know, so yeah, it was um, a, it was an interesting signing uh, signing Olenek. You know, he finished the year really well in Houston when he was traded there at the deadline. I think he was part of that Oladipo package. He finished the year off uh, really well, and it was a bit strange that. Detroit went down that path with him. Um, as you said, he was sort of taking some minutes off Stuart early days. But yeah, he I'm, I'm gonna mention him again. Maybe Charlotte would like him as a as a center. Yeah. Like he, he's on a he's on a decent enough deal. He might be able to work out with a direct swap for Plumley and some and some draft capital or something. Well, well, yeah. well I just had to say that that Olenek pretty much just took over Plumley's spot anyway at Detroit. So Plumley obviously was at Detroit last yeah. year and that that that, that they paid him his, his contract now, which actually is not too bad. It's, it's nine nine million um, for three years, but he he um, I, I don't see them trading for Plumley, but I mean he he he's, yeah, good point. He 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 pretty much took up um, Olenek pretty much took up Plumley's position um, once once they traded out Plumley, you know. So, um, but I think that Olenek, I'd be more than happy for Olenek to. Leave Detroit because that opens um, beef stew up for for, <laughs> for, for for more regular minutes. But uh, I I think that yeah, once again, just out of those two, I think it's definitely Ross and Thad Young. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I think Ross, particularly as you said, that sort of scoring punch off the bench. You know, even Phoenix, if if they can't get something done with an Eric Gordon, he he would certainly give them a bit of punch off the bench. So yeah, I do like Terence Ross. Yeah, for, for a number of these contending teams. The last one, Caddy, we will talk about is a player that we've been speaking about all year getting traded. And there, there was some uh, reporting today from Wodes that it's starting to hot up and there's a number of teams that are potentially finally interested in Ben Simmons. So how do you see this thing shaking out, Caddy? Do you think this is all just sort of smoke and mirrors at the moment or do you think that we are going to potentially see a trade involving Ben Simmons before the trade deadline expires? Yeah, it's, a, it's another hard one because I think that everyone expected the trade to be done over – I guess the the summer or the American summer, didn't they? Like they, as soon as it, it, this all came out, they're like, oh yeah, they'll be able to move Ben Simmons pretty easily. And then all the um, rumors started up pretty quickly of where he could go. But I think that the, it, it won't suggest that uh, obviously that now is the time that the player signed over the off season that can now be. Yeah, dealt. I, I think is, it's is this. Right? Yeah, yeah, this Wednesday or Thursday is when those players become available. Yeah, so so whether he's just speculating there because I, you know, won't obviously never. Doesn't get a lot wrong, but I think he, he um, got some Lillard information wrong at the start of the week. So I, th- I don't know whether he's just trying to be relevant again, old Woj. But they, they you reckon they, Sham- they, he's, they, he's a bit intimidated by Shams, you reckon? Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> Shams has him beat on draft day, so you know I, I think that he's watching his back a bit. But well, there's there's so many teams that could use Ben Simmons, isn't there? Like I mean, you look down the list now, and like, I can make a case for so many teams, like. Originally, I thought the Golden State were the perfect fit, and I and I would have traded at that stage like Wiggins and Wiseman and, and, and those people that were mentioned for him to to facilitate to Clay and 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 um, Steph would just be ideal in in my mind. Um, but you know whether that has now probably faded. And then when all the Kyrie Irving stuff came out, and then it's really hard to get a gauge on where they sit. He's obviously really tight with um, Kevin Durant, and whether that sort of holds a bit of court there, but. I think the Brooklyn Nets are an awesome landing spot for him for, for almost the same reason. Like you're yep. surrounding with Harden, Joe Harris, Mills, these guys. Like he's just a perfect um, player to put in that system. So I think that he fit. I, I just think there's so many teams that could use him. You look down the list, like even the Boston Celtics aren't really gelling well right now. They could potentially 
use someone like Ben Simmons. Um, and then obviously the teams that make sense are the teams that are making noise like your Portland Trailblazers and the United Pacers because they seem to be the ones that maybe are, are leaking out to the media that they're willing to sort of blow things up. So that's probably where they sit. And, and both those teams are pretty good um, leading spots as well. But the, the interesting thing that's come out obviously last week or, or the week before was everyone was sort of talking if it was a Trailblazers uh, Philadelphia swap that would be Lillard involved, but it seems to be that Lillard's now saying that he would probably rather play with Ben Simmons, which then opens the yeah. door up to well, who, who who's going to get traded, and yet you then have to start with your boy um, McCollum as is is yep. the as, as the starting piece, don't you? Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And, and there was some reporting that came out either today or yesterday saying that the the new interim GM, we don't know how long he's going to have that title for after he's taken over from Neil O'Shea, has said that he's not looking to rebuild, just maybe sort of retool. So that would suggest that he's going to be willing to to keep Damian Lillard and move around on the periphery. And as you said there, clearly the the, the player to start with is CJ McCollum. And look, it's not it's not surprising that they, they're going to try and ride it out as long as possible with, with Damian Lillard. It's bloody hard to get you know, a player of Lillard's calibre, like he was just named to the, the top 76 it was in the end players of all time. So, you know, ask a team like Sacramento or a Minnesota or one of these teams that have been, you know, struggling for years and years how hard it is to get a player of Damien Lillard's capabilities. So no surprise. Point, that, yeah. yeah, there's no surprise that they are sort of going to do that. It's as actually absolute... the same question, actually. The, the, the yeah. Knicks haven't been able to get someone, uh, you know, worthy since you, you know, they come LA tribe but never got there, you know, so it is bloody hard. Yeah, it certainly is. So there, it'll be interesting to see how it all does shake out with Ben Simmons because it's gone a bit quiet for a while, but now maybe it is starting to heat up with with this deadline approaching uh, this coming week with these guys who have signed in the off season now being trade eligible. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think with um, I think with Portland that they, they, they do have so many um, options to get that deal done. I think that if it yep. was McCollum and and even if it was say Covington and Nurkic, for example. If, if you're if you're Portland and you're getting say Ben Simmons and even Drummond back, are you upset about that? Because Drummond then becomes your starting center. So yeah, you know, yep, it, it's it, they've got the chips to sort of make something like that work. Um, yeah, and, and, then, and Philly are getting then, obviously nothing at all out of Ben Simmons. So you nah. you know, and, and Joel Embiid, given his his uh, health injuries, uh, health issues, sorry, throughout his career, you don't want to really waste a year of Joel Embiid's prime because he could only have two or three years max left playing at this level and it would just be an absolute waste if you had a player sitting on the bench of Ben Simmons' calibre just doing nothing when you can get something in return for him. It wouldn't make a lot of sense, would it? No, well, as we said before, Nurkic's on the last year of his deal and Drummond's obviously on a pretty team-friendly deal as well um, now. Like he's, he's not getting paid the big bucks that he once was. So... What, what, why couldn't you give Nurkic a bit of a rental for this year and try and make a goal of it? And and, and it's a pretty pretty good backup to have if, if Embiid was to go down, that if you, you then got Nurkic to take you as deep as you can be in the playoffs. And you, as you said, you're replacing someone like Ben Simmons not even been there with, say, McCollum, who all, all of a sudden becomes a better upgrade on Seth Curry. So, you know, Curry then might have to play more of additional point guard or something like that um, to get that deal done. I think that – I think Philadelphia – is a great landing spot in in that in that trade with Portland. I think that that if, if if that can come off, I think both teams can benefit from that. And I think that for Ben Simmons as well, if you're in Philly right now, you're getting traded over the other side of the country. Like it, 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 from a personal standpoint for him, isn't that 
like the best thing for him. Like yeah, as get as far away traded, as possible. Yeah, traded to Atlanta or somewhere or New York or somewhere that's close by. Like well, you know, if this in this case you're literally in the wilderness over there. So um, I think for him, I think he's mad if he wouldn't want to go over there. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, well, that that's sort of been the the two teams that have been rumored for so long that that have been interested in dealing with each other for for one reason or another it hasn't come to fruition as yet. There were some rumors in the off season that that uh, Daryl Morey was was asking for about four or five first rounders on on top of the CJ <laughs> McCollum. So he, he was always going to ask for the world, and but you know, it, it will hopefully anyway. I, I've I've held on to Ben Simmons all season. After I drafted him on draft night, so that's I'm, right. You have to, yeah, yeah, I'm keeping everything cross caddy that a deal can get done <laughs> over the next couple of weeks, and he can start producing for me as well, and and helping me climb up the uh, the fantasy ladder for the rest of the season. That's <laughs> a lot of me, 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 me. There, it's all yeah, about me. It's, it's uh, very me orientated. <laughs> bit Dermot Brewer. I reckon they also probably were shattered that Irving's not playing because I think they were still sort of trying to hold out hope that that blew up with the Nets and they could have still targeted Harden as well. So yeah, I think that, that, that that's probably why they also because I, I knew that Maury was keen to. Um, get hard as well, but the that that ship seems to have sailed. But I, like if again, what I was saying before, if Brooklyn were, were willing to deal with Irving, I just think that's a perfect landing spot as well. But yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I just think that this trade makes sense for so many teams, and that's the opposite of what I've said for Randall and these guys. I've also spoke about. I, I just think Simmons, yes, his contract is is up there, but he's a young kid that is an all star defensive, you know, in the defensive team of the year, all that sort of stuff. So I think that he could be useful in so many teams. Oh no doubt. I think he's sort of he's been undervalued at the moment too. We, the last thing we remember is him passing up an open dunk in the playoffs, and you know Joel Embiid yeah. and, and Doc Rivers sort of, you know, throwing a bit of shade at him for that. But he, he's as you said, he's a he's an all defensive player. I think he was run up in defensive player of the year. He's been a two or three time All Star. He's been an All NBA player. Yes, he certainly has some issues on the offensive end, but he he certainly brings. Yeah, a hell of a lot to the table as a basketball player. So the, the, no doubt that whoever does end up acquiring him, Caddy will be getting a very, very good player that will help the team, you know, be be a better team going forward. It would have been good if he got to Golden State originally when I, I, I was obviously loving that idea as well because he's obviously um, probably not the easiest guy to get along with or maybe his ego needs to be checked a bit. And if you've got Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green there, he's not going to be he's not going to be able to do what he's been doing, has he? You know, like he... He, 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 him and then Bede have been the young stars at Philadelphia for a while now that we've no real sort of veteran leadership around to sort of show them the ropes. Like, but, but um, Jimmy Butler came in and tried for a bit and he didn't last very long, did he? So, no. you know, they, they haven't had that strong leadership to sort of pull him in check. And I think that if he went to somewhere like Golden State, he, he, he would fit in so well there. And and I think his basketball would improve because I think just this – his demeanour and stuff that he does now, just, I think would have to would have to change. They just wouldn't put up with it. Oh no doubt, and I, I agree. I think Philly have probably placated to him just a little bit. Um, and obviously, this whole process that they went through, the reason they did that was to try and get a couple of stars, and they managed to do so in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. But yeah, he certainly has been sort of babied a little bit, and ma- maybe he needs a little bit of tough love from from somebody like a, a Draymond Green. I'm, he would definitely give that to him. So it would be an interesting landing spot going to Golden State. I just don't think, given the way Golden State have started the season so well that they'd be willing to sort of blow it and up. They'd blow it up, yeah. yeah. If, no, if, if they I don't was, see it happening either. Nah, if, they, if they'd if they started sort of 
15 and 11 or something like that, maybe they would have looked at it. But with 21 and 4, with Clay on his way back shortly, um, I think that's probably going to give them that, not that they need a shot in the arm, but that's going to give them an, an added shot in the arm. And, you know, d- doing a Ben Simmons trade would, would, be, a, would be a big move. I wonder what... Um... I wonder what Ben's uh, father Dave is thinking about all this. He was a bit of a no-nonsense, no-fast type of player, and yeah, um, yeah. pretty much pre- pre- pretty much the polar opposite of what Ben. Ben's it's amazing, been isn't doing, it? Yeah, yeah. doing like it, it's hard to fathom that they come from the same cloth. But um, he he would have to have some sort of input um, into this, and I, I wonder what he's thinking about it all. You know, like he was yep. a, a bit of a no-frills customer, wasn't he? Oh, he certainly was, and and it's just I think it's just a matter of. Of Ben Simmons getting over and getting Americanized for a lack of a better term, like it's just yeah. it, it is. It's not no no Australian would like. Could you imagine a player in the AFL carrying on this way? It just wouldn't happen. But it, for whatever no, reason, it happen, it's, yeah. no, it seems to happen over in the NBA and, and some of the other sports over there. So I think that's just a matter of that happening. And as you said, it, you know, Dave Simmons was nothing like that. But uh, for whatever reason, uh, Ben Simmons is is a little bit like that and, and feels a little bit entitled for for whatever reason. But uh, we'll call it there, mate. You you have just been absolutely outstanding in, in in your first, hopefully not only appearance. I think we, I think we need to get yourself and and your brother on at once, and we'll we'll run a bit of a a, a three man weave with me and the two cats because I, I think that uh, I think that would be outstanding. But uh, thank you very much for jumping on tonight, mate. You've uh, were you impressed with what you put up? You come out and you. I think you think you're about 15 from 16 from the field and had uh, 10, 11 rebounds and 12 assists. You were outstanding. There was there were certainly times there that I was um, yeah wondering what, what am I saying here and I had to sort of collect myself. But the, the um, yeah, as I said, like getting back down into this type of um, media performances, I've been a long time out of the game. I sort of you know there's obviously been a lot of comebacks over a lot of years with different sports. But I, this, this is this comebacks more like when Plugger Lockett came back. You know, it just wasn't that good. So. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to work on it, but thanks for inviting me. And um, look, the time went really fast, so I hope I did a good enough job and didn't uh, <laughs> talk too much dribble. No, no, mate. As I said, you were outstanding. And pardon the pun. <laughs> no, I, I think I think when you when you just tweet tonight that you're back, it'll be like when when Michael Jordan <laughs> just sent the facts. And, and everyone will be very excited about the fact that uh, you're back on the airwaves, Caddy, because you've, you've no doubt right. been sorely missed. But uh, <laughs> as I say every week, Caddy, thanks everybody who continues to download the podcast. If you're one of the hundreds of new listeners that we've brought on this week because of the appearance of Patrick Cad, if you could please jump on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating, that would be much appreciated. We've also got a Facebook page. If you could like that, uh, we post all the episodes there. Uh, until next week, we'll talk to you then. <laughs>